Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Creative Purpose Podcast. I am Samantha Laycock, and I am super excited to welcome my guest, Rachel from Soul Pioneer today. Let's welcome Rachel, and I hope that you learned something wonderful from this episode. I want to welcome Rachel to today's podcast episode. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, what it is you do, all of that fun information? Sure. Thanks, Samantha. So my name is Rachel Stravelli, and I am an inner wisdom teacher. And you're probably like, wait, what? <laughs> so let me, let me go into that a little bit. I help people connect to the wisdom within because I think we all have this inherent inner, you could call it intuition or gut instinct. And I, I used to be a public school teacher. So from years of working with people, I believe everyone has gifts, everyone has talents, everyone has something that's special about you. And and yet, like sometimes with the way of the world and just, you know, getting jobs and getting uh, getting ahead in life, if that's how you're thinking of it, sometimes we can start to feel like who we are is maybe not enough or we need to, you know, mold and shape ourselves to be something different. And so I work with people to to find that part of you that's really totally uniquely you and and bring more of that out and support that and and the other element to this is i'm very connected to the natural world and i've spent a lot of time playing about in the natural world learning about the natural world i have a master's in soil science and i'm an avid gardener and environmental educator and what i have found is it influences how i work with people because when I'm in my garden tending to a tomato plant or a bean plant or a squash plant, each one of those is unique and amazing, just like you're unique and amazing and I am. And so I've learned from working in the natural world ways in which I can help work with people because I think nature's our teacher in a way too. I love that because I think that we are taught that we need to hide pieces of ourselves growing mm -hmm. up. I think as kids, and I see this with my kids where I'm always telling them, just be yourself, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, someone stopped saying that to me. And so I went within, right? I've hit those pieces that are darker or troubled or quirky because mm -hmm. I... I feel like that's it's too much for people. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that. And I love that you call yourself an inner wisdom teacher mm -hmm. yeah. um, because you always hear intuitive coaching and you mm -hmm. hear all of this, but I kind of like this spin on it a bit better just because yeah. we all have that inner wisdom. I think it's, you'll connect with inner more than intuition. Right? Yeah, that's what I feel like too, because I think sometimes even though I feel like I am very intuitive and I meet some people who are comfortable with it, some people are like, well, wait a minute. I don't know about that. <laughs> Slow yeah, down it's like, yeah, it's like the woo-woo, right? The, yeah. oh, don't do it because it's spiritual. But I think yeah. if you put it as inner, 
it's uh-huh. not spiritual anymore. You take, you kind of yes. separate the fact and now mm-hmm. it's your, it's me. It has nothing to do with the universe and with the spirit and exactly. all of this. It's hundred percent me working mm-hmm. on it. Exactly. I love, yes. See, you should be my, my <laughs> promo person. <laughs> Sometimes I'm good with spoken words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love, and I did not know that you had a degree in s- soil science. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh-huh. That is so, how did you get into that? Oh yeah. Good question. So, well, you know how sometimes you follow your interests almost to where you fall down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so years ago when I was just gardening in my yard uh, and I met my husband. So there's a little bit of a love interest here. (laughs) We, um, he wanted to go live in Canada and asked me to come with him. We were living in North Carolina in the United States. And I said, sure, but I can't just move somewhere for you because like I needed something for me too. Yep. And I remember this might be silly, but I don't know if you ever watched Sex in the City, but in one of the episodes, they talk, one of the characters, I forget who, talks about don't move somewhere just for a man or for a partner. And I had remembered that. And I also thought it makes a lot of sense. I need to have something going on for me if I'm moving to a whole new place where I don't know anyone. I, I want to have like my own thing that I'm paving forward. Yep. And so I had... I had been considering for a year or two getting a master's degree, but at that point I thought, okay, why don't I, if we're going to move to a new place, why don't I apply to the local university there, University of British Columbia, and see if it would be a good fit. And actually, I didn't actually just apply. I went and interviewed all these professors there and told them, hey, here's what I'm interested in. What do you do? And so I, I knew I wanted to study something with sustainable agriculture because that's been a big interest and passion in my life. And I can't remember if you garden or not, but for people who do, once you start eating food that you have grown yourself, you realize that the food in the grocery store is kind of bland. Yes, I agree. Cause I am, I'm not a good gardener by yeah. any means, but uh-huh. we do have a garden and we had a garden last year. Yeah. And we moved. So now we have to restart everything. Okay. But um, my kids noticed. My yeah. kids were like, this tastes so much better than this mm-hmm. store. And I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, so now, and it's funny because now that we're stuck in the house, there's yeah. actually a local Calgary company. I want to say they're called Grow Calgary. Oh, cool. um, and they're giving out seed kits for the kids so that now that they can learn because now that's science right so now I can take my kids learning from seed and how to grow Mm -hmm. a plant and Mm -hmm. it's all them so I'm super excited to get that because my parents have like this massive like their garden is like an acre like it's huge and my parents are very good gardeners where me I kill house plants (laughs) but I still do it (laughs) like I'm still determined to grow food because I love it does the taste is amazing it's Mm -hmm. it's eye-opening 
Yeah. So different that, tastes. That's how I feel too. And so, so I studied soil science because I thought I want to learn how to be the best gardener I can be. What I didn't know going into it, which I kind of should have asked these questions, even though I interviewed all these people, I never said, is this going to make me a better gardener? Because literally almost nothing I learned applied to gardening at all. <laughs> I mean, it was a great experience, but, <laughs> um, but it wasn't necessarily what I thought it would be. And um, I do though, and, and I can mention this a little bit more later, it did lead to, I, so in Vancouver, I joined two community gardens and I now garden coat. So one of the things I do work with people on is personal development. So one-to-one -one, bringing out your potential, helping you find the next step. Like a lot of people get really stuck on, I know I need to do something, but I don't know what's the right thing to do next. Yep. Or they also feel like I keep on trying to do this thing, but it's been two years and I'm not getting anywhere. I can't get past a certain point. So I help people with that. But before I did that, I was helping people. Uh, I was a garden coach. So I was coaching them on how to grow their gardens. And my inner wisdom was like, you need to grow broader because one of the things I realized was even though I love teaching people how to garden, and I still do, what I also loved was seeing somebody feel empowered and realizing that they could do more than they were aware that they were capable of by the end of our session than they felt at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so it's funny because people are probably listening to this, like, what does this yeah. have to do with Samantha's topic, right? Um, <laughs> but I love that in our pre-interview, we really talked about connecting to the natural world and gardening yeah. is one aspect to do that yes, with, right? one way you could. Mm -hmm. So what are your tips to start connecting with the world, right? Yeah. To the more the natural world, um, how do you do that? Yes. Okay, so if, as you're listening, you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't know I was getting into this. Now I got to go play with mud. <laughs> I don't like insects. <laughs> you know, if you feel like you're one of those people who's like, oh, the natural world, get away. Let's start small. <laughs> you may not want to do a garden yet, and that is totally fine. So I think most people that I interact with, at the very least, a sunset, watching a sunset is something that feels really good. Or going for an evening walk along a lake or a river or the ocean. And so, you know, a lot of us right now, we're a little bit stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. Either because it's been mandated or we know that we need to be kind of at home. But a lot of people can still take a walk outside, you know, if you're physically able, or I know, you know, it's still kind of wintry in some climates, but if you can take a walk outside, I think one of the easiest ways to start interacting with nature is just to go take a 10 minute walk. Last night, I took one, even though it was raining, I put on my raincoat, I went outside and within five minutes, I started realizing like, okay, I, f I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Everyone in my house, like the energy was getting a little bit mm -hmm. intense and we've all been cooped up. And so it was feeling a little bit 
uncomfortable, people getting annoyed with each other more quickly than we typically would. But just breathing the fresh air and seeing new sights started making me calm down. And okay, so I'm not a psychologist, but I do read a lot about things that psychologists or uh, other people who study are the mind and well-being and all that talk about. And, and I do know that being in nature, it can calm your nervous system. And I feel like a lot of us need that right now because there are a lot of things that are making us feel like we're on high alert or we can't control. Yes. Like we exactly. don't have control um, mm -hmm. of everything that is going on. Right. And that, yes. and that's even um, to bring it back to sexual assault victims. That's how we yes. feel. Right. We exactly. lose that control. And yeah. I think that we, we need that connection piece to mm -hmm. come in and come uh, into play. Exactly. Yes. I love that you're making that connection. And so for me, one of the, uh, elements of nature that I connect with the most are trees. And I feel like, especially for victims of sexual assault, you may also want to explore, is that a piece of nature, a uh, piece, that sounds weird to say it like that, but is that a, a life form that you feel like you could learn from and look to? So maybe you don't like walking or maybe it's not comfortable because of whatever weather physical um, mobility issues but can you find a tree in your area that you can either see out your window or heck watch a video of one but if you can see it live that's even mm -hmm. better and what i like to do is i just look at it and and it's almost like a meditation i try to not come in with my own thoughts and my own agenda agenda and just look at it with the goal of observation mm -hmm. and observing it and then so the other night i was feeling really sad because yeah. i i had concluded from a conversation with a neighbor via six feet apart that schools probably aren't starting up again this this school year and so that even though i love my children i thought oh no so eight more weeks of this and then summertime of us all being at home and me trying to juggle work and school and life and whatnot. And, and so I was sitting outside in a chair, looking up at the trees in my backyard, feeling sad. And I just thought, okay, I'm just going to let myself feel sad and just go with it because my one kid was in bed, so he wasn't going to see me cry because he's 18 months. If he sees me cry, he starts crying. Yeah. And, and my other kid was occupied. And so I just let myself feel sad. And I looked at the tree some more. And I thought, you know, that tree's not freaking out. <laughs> that tree's not depressed. And okay, I know some people are like, that tree doesn't have our problems, Rachel. But... I, I feel that if we can connect with nature, sometimes it can lend us these feelings that are hard for us to come up with ourselves in the moment. And it can give us a perspective that's beyond my small Rachel perspective. Mm -hmm. It gets me outside of myself and thinks that tree has survived, it's probably 60 to 80 years old. So it's seen good years and bad years. and. And you and I too, you know, we've each had really good years and really bad years or bad moments. 
Yep. And and we're still surviving. And and I think when like you were talking about the things that we can't control, letting ourselves acknowledge that, feel the emotions that we feel, and having that love and acceptance for ourselves, but also finding a way, if you can, to go outside and look at a tree and think, well, that tree has survived lightning strike, drought, insects, whatever. It's surviving. I'm going to survive too. Yep. And I, my, my piece of nature is the mountains. Ooh, I love mountains. I can instantly, the, the moment I get there, you just, you feel a hundred percent different. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, there's a relief that kind of washes over you. And for me, it was so much so that I actually got mountains tattooed on my leg because for me, it's looking at them and realizing that they have been there forever, right? And the fact that they're still standing, Mm -hmm. it's kind of my push that, okay, I I can get there. I can be, I might be at the bottom right now. Yeah. But if I keep going and I take it day by day and step by step, mm-hmm. I'm going to reach the top. I am going yeah. to. And it doesn't mean the I'm going to be wildly successful. It, it means that my emotions, there's going to be those highs and lows, right? That I'm really mm-hmm. going to have that emotional peak on certain days. And I'm not always going to feel defeated, right? Mm-hmm. That. There's, there's something about um, the mountains that are just incredibly calming to me. Yes. Um, and another thing that works for me is yeah. doing a meditation with water sounds. Ooh, I haven't I, tried that before. Listening to the water run or a waterfall, just something along those lines. And maybe it's because I'm a water sign. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. But it completely just transforms me and just makes me feel okay. It's taking away everything, right? It, yeah. Whatever's causing me issues is just, it can, I could throw it in the water and it's gone, right? It's yes. 100% no longer near me. But that, so if you can't make it out in nature, do those, the nature sounds, right? And that's mm-hmm. why, why people have that. That's why exactly. there's people that have made those recordings because they know the benefit to listening to the sounds in the natural world. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're stuck in winter, so we don't yeah. have the pretty birds chirping yet. We don't have right. the pretty nature sounds. So that is one way that I know that helps me really kind of regain focus and mm-hmm. the present, because that's yeah. where we need to be, right? Is we need to be in yes. the present, not stressing about everything else that's mm-hmm. going on. And that's really what helped me in my healing was mm-hmm. not thinking about the past, not thinking about yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow or an hour from now. It was really focusing on where I am in the present moment. And I think connecting to the natural world allows you to do that in an easier way. Yes, I love that. Yes, and how you talked about the present moment, because also if we're living in the past or in the future, all these other emotions and weirdness can come up. But when we're living in the present moment, we can think I'm okay in this moment. 
I might not be happy with where I'm going to be in an hour, but in this very moment, I'm okay. And, and, and we start then making a habit of feeling that we are okay and feeling more capable and more in control again, so that these these negative feelings that we have had about the past or that we're feeling towards the future so that those don't overwhelm us, but that we make more of a habit of remembering, Oh yes, I'm okay in this moment and I'll be okay in the next moment. And I think, well, I know brain research says like the more we can do that, the more we get in the habit of that. So it's almost like that's our, um, that's our set point that we go to. And it, the other thing I love about connecting with nature is it doesn't cost anything to sit at your window and look at the sky or, you know, yeah, you could buy an app that has the water sounds, but there's free ones too mm -hmm. on YouTube or wherever. Yep. And, and so if you, most people probably have another practice that they're doing to deal with a lot of the feelings that they have and it might be going to a therapist or you know movement therapy or whatever but the thing that I think is really cool is in the moments when you can't connect with that therapist or maybe you can't go to the gym and run your run until you're exhausted and or punch the punching bag like this is something that you is accessible to you most of the time and it also, like I find on days when no one in my house understands what I'm going through, or they're just not in the mode to talk about it, that I can go sit with myself, with my thoughts, and go look at nature. And then I find a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. So to me, I mean, I love people, but I almost feel like nature is more reliable in terms of can be there for me at a consistent level, you know, because it's always just there ready for us to connect with it however we feel like being out there. Well, and I think you also need to have a multifaceted approach, right? You can't yes. always rely on people. If you're going to a therapist, that's fantastic. I love therapists. Right. I think that they are a huge benefit to people. But I think at the same time, you also have to have other avenues that you can take, that you right. have to have these other ways of healing because mm -hmm. you can't, healing isn't going to happen by just doing one thing. It's going to be right. a combination and mm -hmm. every combination is different per person, but you right. have to have these different ways to heal, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to a therapist. That's it. That's all I need. Cause that's not mm -hmm. what it is. That's not at all how it works. Right. And I've learned that because I've learned that, yeah, I'm going to a therapist, but at the end of the day, she's not there with me 24 hours a day. And even right. if she was, she can't help me that often. Right. Right. So I need to have different ways as, as a healing mechanism mm -hmm. and that can help me prepare myself and mm -hmm. to help me that when that trigger hits because yeah. it's gonna hit <laughs> yeah that I have a way that I can deal with it and that I can figure it out mm -hmm. and that I can yeah. reset myself and really get back to where I should be um, right. without having that on-call help 100% of the time because mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't work like that yes 
Yes. And I love how you said it's multifaceted and it's different for everyone, you know? So even like trees are my thing, mountains are your thing. Right now, my son, dogs are his thing. Yep. <laughs> He's 18 months. And so as, as each one of us goes and explores what is the thing that helps us feel better, it's cool to get to know yourself in this new way. Yes. And even though maybe the driving force for why you're doing the healing, you know, obviously that's a negative experience, but who you become because of it could actually be a really positive experience in that like this healing that you go through and this transformation can let you learn more about yourself than you knew. And I think that that's, pretty cool yeah and and i actually i think this week's um so the interview that goes live this week i think we also talk about this is because especially if you are a sexual assault victim you have a before and an after person and they're two completely different people you can't and that was something that i learned through healing because at the beginning in 2014 i was really trying to go back to who i was before not realizing that that wasn't an option. There was no way I was ever going to get back Mm -hmm. to her. I had to learn and relearn and rediscover who I was in the after moments because Mm -hmm. I lost, there's a piece of you that gets lost and it's a piece that you can't ever get back. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that doesn't, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Right. right. It, it, there's more that gets added that kind of covers that lost piece. That's always going to be lost. Mm-hmm. But when you're working on rediscovering yourself and refiguring out who you are, what it is that you love, what it is that really brings you joy, um, that's kind of where those pieces build on top of that lost piece where now mm-hmm. you're a completely different person and what you liked before and what you like now isn't going to be the same and that's okay. Right. I think we have to learn to be okay with that inner person changing because we don't stay the same. Right. Right. Even, even if there was no trauma, we change. Right. And I think that's where that inner wisdom comes that you teach in is because Mm -hmm. now you can really rediscover and learn what it is that kind of makes you happy. Right. Right. Yes. And I love what you said about the word that was coming up to me is non-judgment. And okay, even though I work with people on this, I'm still working on it too. I'm not like, I'm perfect at not judging myself because, you know, we all have our own ways in which we're working on it. But I think about how as, as, as people are going through healing, me, you and everyone else, and, and you're learning the new things that you like now that you're this new person, this, this after person, after the event, sometimes the people around you won't know how to react to you while you're in this messy healing, rediscovering who you are phase. Mm-hmm. And, and so having non-judgment towards ourselves, because and not, I'm not saying they want to be judgmental, but sometimes they're just like, well, you were somebody, but now you're somebody different. And yep. it takes them a while to acclimate too. Yep. But if we are, are compassionate with ourselves and saying, look, I'm not going to be judgmental towards myself as I'm going through this. 
And that's the other thing I like about nature. And you know, it could be animals. For some people, it's their dog. Their dog is non-judgmental no matter what happens. The dog doesn't care what you look like, whether there's a mask on your face, whether you're wearing sweatpants, whether you never wear pants, yeah. any of that. And, and so having something in your life that you can connect to and relate to that's letting you feel that non-judgment I think makes this healing process easier because you can explore new parts of yourself and, and see, Oh, now I do this thing that I never did before. And, you know, I used to love cooking and I don't love that anymore because it mm -hmm. doesn't give me what I need, but yeah. you know, now playing cards and playing a musical instrument do, you know, yeah. there's things that, that we discover, like you said, as we go through this. Mm -hmm. I know, and I know that you have um, an awesome program coming up, but yeah. I, before you tell us about it, I want to kind of okay. go into why you do the art with the nature. Oh, okay. Good question. So, well, several years ago, I, I couldn't decide, do I work with people on creativity or do I work with people on other stuff because I feel that the creative process actually lets us explore connecting with our inner wisdom in a really good way because for example when I am drawing or writing if I'm not careful there's a part of me that starts getting really judgmental that line looks terrible that drawing doesn't look like the tree you're drawing you know it's the little voice inside of me that's like oh that you should just stop doing this and and then i have to learn like to not listen to that voice or tell it go sit down for a little while you can judge this when i'm done but while i'm in the process i'm just drawing or while i'm in my writing process i'm just writing and it allows us to practice like some self-discipline with the judgmental voice. It allows us to practice exploring the unknown, which a lot of us are really dealing with right now. There's so much uncertainty right now, but if you have a creative process, to some degree, you are used to dealing with uncertainty. And a cre creativity could be anything. I think your podcast is creative because technically you don't know what I'm gonna say. And I could throw you, you know, <laughs> any of your guests could throw you for a loop and then you're like, I gotta work with this. <laughs> and, and so there's such a range of what we can do to be creative. And yet, it, I also think it goes back to this empowering piece. I have a lot of pieces of art around my home that I've created and none of them, uh, with the exception of maybe one or two things, would people ever think, say to me, oh, you should put that in a gallery. You should do an art show. No, it's more likely that someone would think that my kid did the drawing. Um, but it's funny because I actually yesterday that was my kids painted the windows yeah. in the house. So that was my thing because I was like, oh, I'm going to draw a flower. And it turned out awful because I am not an artist. And yeah. so after I said, this is why you have kids because now when I show the picture, I can tell everybody that you did that flower <laughs> and they're going to be so impressed. But if it was me that said I did it, they'd be like, you really need to take an art class. 
<laughs> yes. Um, and totally. But a lot of us, and that's the other thing. So in school, I, I love education. I've been an educator. I still am in some ways, even though not in public school. Our school system currently really isn't set up to foster creativity. And yet we all need creativity to succeed in life. And I'm not just talking succeed like your bank account. I feel like succeed survival yes. mentally, emotionally. And so I wanted to combine creativity with the natural world so this program that I'm going to do which I'll talk more about in a second um, we are playing with natural elements that we find sticks leaves maybe rocks if you find rocks and I think what I'm trying to do is have a way that people can in a again back to this non-judgmental uh, idea in a non-judgmental safe way interact with the natural world play because as adults there's so much serious stuff that we have to deal with that I know if I haven't had enough time for play I start to be not that fun to be around <laughs> we forget how to play yes exactly right? and 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 some of us with kids like that okay we're playing with them probably but even if even with my kids being around if i don't make a time to play that's just me when i'm not playing with them i can feel it's almost like i get more rigid in the way that i am in life the way that i treat people the way that i treat myself the way i i just it's almost like i get more closed-minded your and flow think, is blocked yeah that's how I, it feels to me is i yes. can't and then I, I can't write and I can't yeah. do any creating because I feel like I'm actually literally physically blocked mm -hmm. from doing it. Yes. For me, it feels like I'm in a box and I feel like somebody just like closed me up in a box and I'm just like sitting somewhere and I'm like, this box is kind of small. Mm -hmm. And whereas if I make a habit of, so like this uh, time, I, I know this podcast will be live for many, many times, but we're going through this coronavirus thing. So in this time, I'm trying to draw a tree every day. And sometimes my kids are with me when I'm doing it and sometimes I'm not. And sometimes the trees look great and I want to post them on Instagram. And some days I'm like, no one needs to see that tree because <laughs> it literally looks like what people draw when they're trying to show somebody who can't draw anything. <laughs> But I'm just letting myself do it every day because I know that I need to have this habit of creativity to make sure that I'm not stuck in a box to, and, and for me to also remember like, okay, I'm connecting with the natural world, even though it's still a little bit winter here, we're stuck in the house. Um, it's, it's reminding me that like, that I can make mistakes and that's okay. Mm -hmm because I have been a perfectionist a lot of my life. And, and in some ways, I don't know if anybody taught me to be that way, because even as a young child, my parents weren't worried about academics for me, but I was worried about it. And in elementary school, and who knows, so maybe I picked up on with the school system, like, it's great to get A's. And if you're not, then I, I don't know what it was. But I'm still working on this perfectionism 
issue. But if I'm practicing creativity on a regular basis, perfectionism doesn't, it doesn't become like this rigid box that I'm in because I remember, oh, I let myself draw something that looked really bad, but that's okay. And, and I'm going to make some mistakes in my life, but that's okay too. Because it keeps us, I think, exploring and open to new possibilities. And I think that's really important. Yes, I agree. So can you give us a bit about what your program is? Yes. Yes. So it is a six-week program and it's a series of classes. So when you sign up, you get all the classes. And what we're what it will entail is every week. I will email, and there'll be a Facebook group too. I'll email and put in the Facebook group the lesson for the week. And the lesson will be in a creative or art activity that will usually involve some element of the natural world. So one of the activities is um, making some art with sticks and yarn and string. And I, I realize as I'm saying this, I feel like it sounds silly. And you know what? It's okay because I'm a silly person. It, I almost feel like this is kind of like camp for adults in a way when I'm creating. So it's kind of summer camp thing, but not, you can make these crafts as like chic and fancy as you are able, or it can just be something that you do just to explore something new. Mm -hmm. The um, so we're also going to write some poetry. We're going to do some doodling. We're going to take some fabric and make design landscape designs. So upcycling. Every week it'll be a different type of artistic medium that we're working in, and that you'll be exploring or trying to observe something new about your natural environment. So that's the lesson part. And then every week there will also be a one hour live Zoom call where me and everyone else who signs up to take the classes where we just connect and talk about either the craft we made or how we're feeling. It's, it's a hangout session, really. Um, and I'm even debating doing it on Friday nights because I know most people don't have anything to do on Friday night anymore. Yeah. And so, and it's also one of the things that I really love is bringing people together and letting people make new connections and make new friends because, you know, you and I, like we've connected, but like through your podcast, for example, when you connect new people to somebody else, it's, it makes our lives richer when we find somebody else who we feel that we have something in common with and there's an affinity. And so in the past when I've done group programs or workshops that I've taught live, I always try and make sure that people are connecting with other people in the group because sometimes you can form a friendship that might last the rest of your lifetime. And that just makes me really happy thinking mm -hmm. that that's another cool thing that could come out of this. Yeah. Awesome. Can you, it sounds amazing. Um, Thanks. Can you tell us when it starts, if there is a start date yet mm -hmm. and where they can find it? Yes. So my website is Soul Pioneer, S-O-U-L-P-I-O-N-E-E-R.com. 
and I'll have a page on there. Uh, I think, let me, let me just tell you right now, it'll be soulpioneer.com slash nature. Um, I, I don't, the page isn't live yet, although actually, depending on when this goes live, it will be live. Uh, if it's not live, if my course isn't live then, then there will be a waiting list so you can sign up because I'm going to do it more than once. But I am going to do it so that everyone who signs up, we go through this six weeks together and then it ends and then there'll be a little break and then I'll start another six week session so that I really want there to be nice connection with the people in the group and not that there's new people coming in every week. And um, I also want it to be really affordable. So it's only $49 total for the entire time. And a lot of the stuff we're doing, you can, most of us, the elements that we're gonna use, you can either find in your yard or on your walk, or you already have it in your home. Mm -hmm. And I, cause I was actually planning this course before all the coronavirus stuff happened. And then I was like, okay, I need to get this going because, um, this is perfect. And it fits with what people's needs are right now anyway. And that I don't want you to have to feel like, oh, now I have to go buy $50 worth of art supplies. But what if none of the companies are shipping art supplies? Mm -hmm. right now? Um, so, and my start date i wonder if i should just send that to you and you can post it yeah if i'm going to start in early april i um i haven't figured out how many days i'm going to advertise it and promote it before we actually start but okay. it is an early april 2020 start date perfect perfect for the class yeah. yeah this um podcast should go live on i can give you the date now okay should be live on April 2nd. So next okay. week. Oh, good. That'll give people enough time. My, uh, my gut feeling is we're going to start somewhere the 6th through the 10th. I, I need to pick the date this week. Okay. Because I'm going to start promoting it. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll put that anyway in all the, the information okay. in the podcast. So okay. where else can they find you? Like, do you have a Facebook page, Instagram? Yes, I do. I have a Facebook page. I have Instagram. All of those are at Rachel Stravelli. <laughs> uh, I don't have the easiest name to spell, no, but that's okay. It'll you'll I'll spell it, it yeah. all. Yep, it'll all be yes. put so they can just click on it. And I just started on TikTok because I needed something fun to do, and I don't know what my account there will look like when y'all get on because I'm <laughs> playing and experimenting. I'm telling myself it doesn't have to be perfect, and I'm just doing what I what feels good, uh, but I also will have a TikTok account with my name. So awesome. yes, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok are all Rachel Stravelli. And yes, I'll give that to you. Perfect. Awesome. I wanted to say thank you for being here today. And oh, it was a pleasure um, talking and learning all about connecting with nature. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I want to take a moment to thank Rachel for being with me today on this episode. And I want to thank you for being here and listening. I hope that you walked away with some more important information to help you in your journey. Stay tuned for next week for episode eight. I hope you all have the most beautiful day and I will see you soon.